Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison, and this is a podcast about recovery, spirituality, positive psychology, and life. I created a website called recoveryoursoul.net with the idea that we could all use some emotional sobriety by taking a look at ourselves and using the tools of spirituality and recovery. We have an opportunity to live full, abundant, successful, and happy lives. I thank you for joining me on this journey to recover your soul. If you've tuned into this podcast, you are probably already on some spiritual journey, whether it is recovery from an addiction or just the desire to have a more spiritual life. And I thank you again for taking the time to be part of my journey and for us to share this together. In the 12-step program, The second step is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I think that if you're listening today, you probably already have some inkling of that foundation of that higher power. But in the rooms of 12 step that I've been in for years, that is one of the hardest things for a lot of people to really take in. They get to the place where they can admit that they are powerless, that their life is unmanageable. But then the next step, which is to believe that there is a higher power, can be really hard for them. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Potentially, they came from a religion that was filled with fear and guilt and shame. Potentially, they had a situation growing up that was not loving not a loving higher power. Some people don't believe. And yet that foundation of the higher power is to me the source of my recovery. And from what I have heard from many people, it is the source of their recovery as well. And what I love about 12 step is the big book does not tell you what that higher power is. And I did some research trying to find evidence of this. Um, I watched a movie on New Thought that talked about how the founders of the big book had come in contact not only with the Oxford group, but with some metaphysical materials, and that that was part of the foundation of their writing the way that they did in the big book about your choosing of what that higher power is for you. And I wasn't able to find anything quickly, so I'm not going to quote 
as a positive. But when you read, when you read the words that are in the big book about this level of spirituality, it really is giving you permission to make that definition for yourself as to what that is. And what I think about in this step, in this place of really believing that there is a higher power, it is an essential piece of our recovery in life, our releasing control, our believing that we are not alone, our hope for ourselves and for the world around us. This year, 2020 has been a year like none that we have seen in our lifetime. And that includes the pandemic. It includes isolation. It includes finances. It includes politics. It includes the world. And it has been a year for me that I have been so grateful for the foundation of my spiritual journey. And that I believe that if I hadn't been working the program my own spiritual program so diligently that in this year, I could have really gone into my addiction as a way to hide the fear that could come up. And the spirituality for me, that reliance on a higher power has given me a place to rest my head. It's given me a place to turn to when I'm feeling overwhelmed. In the past, one of the things that I feel like I really had going against me was a level of self-reliance and self-will. And that means that I believe that I have to be the one doing all the work. I believe I have to be the one figuring out all the answers. I have to be the one figuring out what's going to happen next and that it is entirely up to me to make something happen, to make somebody change, to make it be different. And with this spiritual program that I have stepped into, I now have the ability to step back and ask, where is spirit in this? Where is God in this? Where is higher power in this? How can I let go of what I think I have to do and release that to higher power? And that is the third step, which is to be willing to let go to your higher power. But I really want to stay in this came to believe that a higher power could restore us to sanity. And the self-reliance that we can take on that becomes incredibly overwhelming. And often that self-reliance, that control, lends itself to other people. And then other times it is really for ourselves that we are feeling that we absolutely, the worry and the stress that we put on ourselves for our own life takes away from the journey and the spirit that is, that is absolutely fundamentally there for us. 
We each have a potential that is so beautiful, unique to each and every one of us. And yet we get so caught up in what we think we should be doing, who we should be, how we are going to please other people, what is the outside world telling us that who and what we should do and should be. That sometimes we lose sight, we lose track of the fact that there is a guidance that is being offered to us from this higher power, from this inner knowing and inner wisdom. Being willing to connect and to trust and to believe in something greater than ourselves is the key to finding peace. And the beauty is you can decide for yourself what that is. I see love. I see white light. I see pure joy. For me, the unconditional acceptance that has become my higher power is where I can absolutely take every single thing that feels overwhelming to me and hand it over. And sometimes I have to hand it over second by second. As things have happened this year, I have been so grateful I can do that, that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I start to think I have to do this all on my own or I'm, I'm alone here. And it happens so quickly. We get caught so quickly off of our spiritual game to be able to step back and breathe and just say, I am going to be okay. I have a higher power that is with me now. My spiritual guides are with me now. Self-reliance is a fascinating aspect of ourselves, and it's essential to have the motivation to do the action that needs to be done in our lives. And yet self-reliance can get really in a place where we are stuck in one path. We have one outcome that we think that we want. And I don't know about you, but I can look back on my life and see and recognize many, many, many times that I thought that it was going to go one way or that I thought that was the right way. And it absolutely turns out to be something else. And the more that I have let go of thinking that I have to be the one that knows all the answers and that is making everything happen, the more the gifts of gentle guidance and a gentle flow where things just seem to work out has happened. And that is my letting go of my self-will and handing it over to my higher power. I just went to California with my husband to go see our two adult kids, which is pretty crazy to be traveling um, at a time of the pandemic, but we really wanted to go see what their lives were like, their adult lives. And in the past, I think I would have done a whole thing where I think that I have to be the one that plans everything and makes everything happen. And it was kind of fun this time. We told our son 
um, our youngest son to just just make the plans. We would we would got an Airbnb and they have a couple vehicles, so you know just pick us up from the airport and we'll just see what happens. And to just let go of feeling like I have to do all the planning, I have to make it all happen, allows for something that is completely new. And on the Tuesday, it was my husband's birthday, and we drove into the beach. It's my kids live in off of the more central instead of on the coast. And so it's a bit of a drive and just had such a lovely day at the beach and then ended up having dinner with friends. And there was just this ease about just letting it happen and not feeling that every second I personally had to be figuring out what was going to be happening next just to completely let go and trust that everything is working out in its highest good. And then the only time that I didn't do that on the trip was trying to find parking in San Francisco. And I laughed at myself when it was all over thinking, why was I trying to give directions on where to find parking when the truth was I wasn't behind the wheel? Caught myself there on that one. And that's so small. And yet... Those are those moments when you realize that you are trying to force something, trying to force what you think that you are in control of. And the more I let go of control, the more peaceful my myself is, my inner being, the happier I've become. And that is pretty profound for somebody who loved to be in charge as much as I did. So what if you don't have a strong belief or trust or feeling of higher power? That's okay. It doesn't have to have that level of strength. And in the room, some people said that for them, their higher power was just the energy of the group, was just the showing up and seeing that It works if you work it. And you get to give yourself grace of finding the trust in that higher power. I was raised Buddhist by my mom and my dad in New Mexico in the 70s. And for me, Buddhism was this beautiful, colorful, loving environment. It was very early in the Buddhist movement in the United States. And so the big lamas would come to Santa Fe and were very accessible. And the lamas that were coming from Nepal and ones who had escaped from Tibet were coming. And I remember having these memories of these lamas and sitting on their laps with their saffron robes and the smell of sandalwood, and the gentleness that they had, the kindness that you could just feel from them, a peacefulness that came from them. And as a hippie girl running around in New Mexico with these in this Buddhist way, there was a lightness and a joy and a non-judgment and an ease of just being able to be who you were. That was 
not how I felt when I was in school, but that was how I felt in my home and in my spiritual environment. And when I was seven or eight, my mom decided to go to India to go meet her main teacher at his monastery in Nepal. And I spent a month with my father finishing school. And then I spent a month with my father's mother in Texas. And then I went and spent another month with my mother's mother in Oklahoma. And she was gone for three months. So I'm leaving my father's to go to his mother's house. And I am an absolute crazy hippie with stringy hair. And if you've seen Buddhists, they have um, a red prayer cord that is often given at ceremonies. And I had a whole bunch of those stringy prayer cords around my neck. And I show up in Texas at my grandmother's house, who is a very rigorous, fundamental Christian. And I'm seven or eight years old. And she's immediately wanting to change me. And now when I look back, I have a real tenderness. As an adult, looking back now, I can see where she was coming from. But as a child, coming from this loving, sweet environment to my grandmother who wanted to change me, she wanted to save me. In her mind, I was going to hell. And she was terrified. She didn't believe that the teachings that her son and my mother were giving me were okay. And she had a month to make that change. And my prayer cords were cut off. And as a small child, I knew to just follow the rules and do what was asked of me. And so she brought me up in front of the church and had me give my soul to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But it felt frightening to me. It felt harsh to me. And it didn't feel the same kind of love that I had felt as a Buddhist. So then when I left there and went to my other grandmother's house where they don't practice any religion or go to any churches, I just had the time to wait for my mom to come back. And so from those years, from eight years old, seven or eight years old, to 22 years old, when I met my husband, I felt that traditional Christianity was very judgmental. And it did not appeal to me at all. And the idea and the word of God was negative to me from that experience with my grandmother. And she would send me letters for years telling me that I had promised that I had given myself to Jesus and that I was a sinner. I'm so grateful now that having studied Christianity and becoming spiritual, my heart truly, truly can understand where she was coming from. And I don't have negative judgment of what she was trying to do. And I love my grandmother And I know that for her, that was the answer for her.
But for me, my belief is different. And what happened was at 22, when I met my husband, he was the first Christian. He was going to a fundamental Christian church. And he was the first Christian I had ever met who was curious about how I was raised, that was open to talk about Buddhism. And that made me open to ask him about his beliefs without fear that he was going to judge me or try to save me. And I so appreciated that opportunity because what it has given me is the ability to find my definition of spirituality, to find my connection of what I call God. And I'm sure if I had a conversation with my grandmother, her definition and connection with God is very different than mine. But that's okay. It's really okay for all of us to have those different beliefs and different understandings when at the core foundation, what we're saying is that trust and that ability to lean on a higher power is what gives us grace and hope. And when we're in times like now, these trying times, to believe that there is some greater good at work is what allows me to sleep at night. It's the one thing that gives me peace when I'm feeling overwhelmed. When I want to grasp at what's happening and take control. I don't have to take control. I don't have to use my self-will. I don't have to believe that I have to be exclusively self-reliant. There is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. And it has. It absolutely has. And I am beyond grateful that I have that foundation to lean on, to provide myself solace. And for me, it may look entirely different than it does for someone else. And that's okay. That's good. I believe God is love. I believe that we are here to experience life in our spiritual journey, to expand our souls, to live this potential that is exclusively and uniquely yours to discover, to find, to nurture, to grow. That you are held in love. That you are held in the light. And you can trust the guidance that comes from that. Thank you for listening today. Until next time, namaste. I hope you enjoyed the episode. My goal is to have at least one little nugget or a little something that you can take into your daily life to help your well-being and your level of happiness. If you're interested in learning more about Recover Your Soul, you can go to the website recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find blogs by myself and guest bloggers, as well as being able to book personal coaching sessions with me, Rachel Harrison. We also have a new donate button in case you're not interested in coaching, but would really like to help support this podcast. We thank you and look forward to next time.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.